Good afternoon, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus. Welcome to this midweek time of manna. I'm glad that you have joined me. I'd like to open up with a word of prayer and then get into a new devotional guide that uh, was given uh, to my wife several weeks ago, Devotions from the Beach. I was reading through it and found some good uh, spiritual nuggets that I'd like to share over the weeks to come. So let, let, let me pray with, uh, with you and, and for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh God, certainly thankful for this day, this afternoon, for this time of a midweek fill-up. Bless it, Lord, for uh, I pray, as I know that we all do, we uh, seek your presence, we seek your help, we seek your manna from uh, the Word and also from your Son, Jesus. So for everything this day will be, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that it will indeed be a blessing. I ask this in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, the King of Kings, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Amen. This uh, particular title of manna uh, for, for this reflection is Treasures Beyond the Sand. And I'd like to use the, the scripture Luke 12, 34 that goes along with this reflection. It, it says this, Luke 12, 34. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Metal detecting is a curious hobby often on display at the beach. Some comb the beaches from the first peak of daylight to sunset, intent on discovering valuable treasure. It may be jewelry, old coins, or relics from the sea or even from pirate ships. Certainly, Jesus taught about treasures in his parables, that being from the lost coin, Luke 15, verses 8 through 10, or maybe the treasure in the field, from Luke 13, 44, or from the pearl, verses 45 through 46. Through these stories, he is often asking if we value what God values. Do we use our resources accordingly? Are we passionate about searching for earthly rewards or for heavenly ones? What are we willing to sacrifice to obtain eternal honors? We carry a longing in our hearts that possesses, or that possessions rather, cannot fill. Money and things are fun, they really are, but they cannot sustain our spirits. Still, we attempt to satisfy ourselves with things that are substandard and counterfeit, while our spirits yearn for something much more, more mysterious and otherworldly. Seeking God and His truths can be a balm to a scorched soul, bringing peace to a troubled heart, and offer joy to a frazzled spirit. Let others pile up material possessions, yet guide your detector toward the less tangible but unspeakably more valuable prizes of spiritual comfort and wisdom. The 
prayer here is, Lord, give me a seeker's heart to discover your truths, and I will safeguard them as treasures in my own heart. I, I love that prayer there, a seeker's heart. Let that be our prayer this day and every day, that we might have, in fact, a seeker's heart, that we not just be content with where we're at or where we're at in our uh, relationship with Christ, that we continue seeking so that we don't become just static, but in fact fluid. So, uh, let me make a transition now to... Uh, to a study that uh, that I found spiritually enriching, uh, it's it's entitled "What Makes You You." Okay, uh, and I'm going to be using some uh, some scripture reference to uh, the gate that was called beautiful. Let me uh, pick up <clears throat> in just a moment with the scripture that I want you to turn to now from the book of Acts, chapter three verses 1 through 16. But before we go there, let me read this. The temple in Jerusalem had a no number of gates through which visitors could enter. One was called the Beautiful Gate, and a miracle took place there after Jesus' ascension. On an ordinary day, two disciples showed the world who the Savior is and, in the process, revealed that it means to let Jesus Christ live through us. Submitting to Jesus doesn't erase who we are. In fact, it makes us all that we can be. And that, as the writer says, is beautiful. So, if you would, turn with me now to the book of Acts, the third chapter, verses 1 through 16. This is about... Uh, Peter healing the uh, crippled beggar. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. As he did so, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and even strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized that he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. 
Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us, though we have made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by, in fact, doing this. This is the same Jesus who you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Verse 16. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God forever and ever. So a little bit of background here. In the days following the Pentecost the fire and the anointment of the Holy Spirit, the disciples full of power in the Holy Spirit shared their faith throughout Jerusalem. So they are moving from Jerusalem then out, certainly with uh, the help of the Apostle Paul later uh, in the book of Acts and for uh, the majority of the rest of the New Testament as well. And then, of course, the church grew rapidly as they stepped out with the love of Jesus Christ. So a few things uh, for us to reflect on this day. When you have Jesus Christ in your life and in your heart, you always then have treasure to give. Let me explain. Scripture tells us the man at the beautiful gate asked Peter and John for a gift and that they then looked at him intently. Acts 3 two through four. On being asked for something by a stranger, often want to turn away. Even if they choose to give, it can feel uncomfortable to make eye contact. But God's love makes us fearless and bold, not just in actions, but in true human connection. So, describe a time His grace empowered you in that way, in your own kind of personal way. Think about that. Reflect on that. Okay, another point here. Peter then said to the beggar, look at us. Acts 3 verse 4. This statement reflects confidence. What role do you think trust played in Peter's heart during this whole interaction. Why do you think he wanted the man to look at him and John? A third point. Though Peter said he had no money, he told the man, in quotes, but what I do have, I give it to you. Then he healed the man's disability. Acts 3, verses 6 through 8. 
One of the glorious truths of Christian faith is that everyone who believes in Jesus is rich beyond measure and has everything necessary to walk through this life in power. It's often good to help those in need with material assistance, but what Peter gave the man that day was worth far more than just a few coins out of his pocket. How is Peter's statement, here it is, what I do have, I give to you. How is that a model for both close relationships and also casual interactions with others? Here's another little tidbit. In Greek, beautiful carries the sense of a right time, a right moment, thereby signifying ripe or perfectly developed. How do you think Peter knew the moment was right then to heal the man? What does your own experience with God show about the connection between beauty and patience? So let's continue the story. Onlookers were amazed at the two disciples. But Peter took the attention, did you catch this, off of himself and pointed it where? To Jesus Christ, his Lord. So Peter asked the astonished crowd, why are you staring at us as though by our own power or godliness we have made him walk? That's from Acts 3. Verse 11 and 12. How about this? Proverbs 6.18 tells us pride goes before what? The fall. So what does Peter's question reveal about dealing then with temptation? With our own temptation. Temptation that we struggle with, that we fight with daily. Okay? Two other points here. The power of Jesus Christ brought wellness and rejoicing in this scene. Think of someone for a moment in your own life you'd like to see walking and leaping and praising God. That being from Acts 38. Whether it's a, a, a physical kind of outburst or emotional or otherwise. How can you pray for that person right now? And if you don't have the words, go to the Word of God. Let me suggest the book of Psalms and find those words as the Holy Spirit leads you to offer to God. Thirdly, recognizing our power and godliness come from the Lord and that, in fact, can be a freeing thing. Okay, It can get us out of our rut, out of our pit. It can unshackle us. It can be a very freeing thing. What was Peter freed from when he refused any credit or adulation? What was he freed for? Okay. Now, let us reflect and we'll end here. Taking credit for God's work in your own life will eventually lead to disaster. But the more you acknowledge Him and glorify Jesus Christ, the more then He will in fact 
do. And you'll also have the great privilege of seeing others leaping and praising God. So, something that's not mentioned here, but is certainly worthy of mentioning. What I take from this study is, how are you ultimately being a witness for Jesus Christ and, and sharing that? Are you, in fact, sharing it? Or does that own spiritual experience that you're having, are, are you just selfishly keeping it uh, to yourself? Or are you, in fact, sharing it? It's not a boastful thing when we are sharing and witnessing for Jesus Christ. We are by no means being vainglorious when we do that. That is something that in fact Scripture asks of us, commands of us to share, to bear that witness of Christ to the world. And you will find true spiritual enrichment and for the receiver they will as well. Glory to God. Well, church, allow me, if you would, to pray for us this day. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, there are so many spiritual witnesses in our own lives, Lord, and in the Word of God. Lord, bless those lives, for they are the saints, Lord. They have taught us. They have equipped us, Lord. They have loved us. They have even pushed us out of our comfort zones, Lord. There is a witness, Lord, to be shared. Lord, we all have stories, Lord. Stories of Christ stories of your grace that need to be told. When it is heartfelt, when it is spirit-filled, Lord, it should be, it must be shared. For that is not a boastful thing. For that is not a prideful thing. The world needs to hear how you are working and moving and very much alive and wanting, in fact, to redeem the world in Christ. Lord, I pray that that message, Lord, is spoken and shared this day and always. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Church, you have a wonderful day. You take care. God bless. I will see you same time, uh, same place next week. Take care. Bye-bye.